This episode of the OrthoBullets podcast will go over the topic of interdigital neuroma, otherwise known as Morton's neuroma, from the foot and ankle section on orthobullets.com. Interdigital, or Morton's neuroma, is a compressive neuropathy of the interdigital nerve. As far as the epidemiology, interdigital neuroma affects middle-aged females more often than males in a 9 to 1 ratio. As far as body location, interdigital neuroma most commonly involves the second and third interdigital nerve between the metatarsal heads. Again, interdigital neuroma most commonly involves the second and third interdigital nerve between the metatarsal heads. As far as the pathophysiology, the mechanism of injury of interdigital neuroma is not fully understood. However, compression slash tension of the interdigital nerve around the transverse intermetatarsal ligament may be implicated, as well as repetitive microtrauma. Again, the mechanism of injury of an interdigital neuroma may be secondary to compression slash tension of the interdigital nerve around the transverse intermetatarsal ligament and or from repetitive microtrauma. The pathoanatomy involves perineural fibrosis and entrapment of the interdigital nerve. Now, let's go over some relevant anatomy. The location of the interdigital nerve lies plantar to the transverse intermetatarsal ligament between the metatarsal heads. Again, the interdigital nerve lies plantar to the transverse intermetatarsal ligament between the metatarsal heads. As far as the components of the interdigital nerve, it's a confluence of branches of the lateral and medial plantar nerves. Again, the interdigital nerve is a confluence of branches of the lateral and medial plantar nerves. As far as the presentation of an interdigital neuroma, patients will typically present with pain and or paresthesia. Pain is worse with weight-bearing or wearing narrow toe-box shoes, for example, high heels. There also may be a relief of symptoms by removing the shoes and massaging the foot. Paresthesias are most commonly on the plantar aspect of the web space. On physical exam, a neuroma may be palpable, and there may also be a positive web space compression test. Provocative tests include Mulder's click, as well as a drawer test at the metatarsophalangeal joint. In a Mulder's click test, a bursal click may be elicited by squeezing the metatarsals together. In a drawer test at the metatarsophalangeal joint, you will assess for MTP joint instability. As far as imaging, recommended views on radiographs include a weight-bearing AP, lateral, and oblique views. Findings are usually normal, however, you may see a bony deformity. Ultrasound may be indicated for a non-palpable neuroma with clear clinical presentation. Findings will include an oval, hypoechoic mass oriented parallel to the metatarsal bones. Again, findings on ultrasound will include an oval, hypoechoic mass oriented parallel to the metatarsal bones. As far as outcomes of ultrasound, this is highly operator-dependent. An MRI is usually not required for diagnosis, but may be used to rule out other pathologies. Another study to keep in mind is a common digital nerve block. This is confirmatory for accurate diagnosis of an interdigital neuroma. Findings include numbness over the lateral surface of the toe with relief of patient-reported pain. The differential diagnosis for an interdigital or Morton's neuroma includes MTP synovitis, which you should consider if there is no relief of pain after a well-positioned digital nerve block. Other diagnoses include metatarsalgia, stress fracture, metatarsophalangeal joint arthritis, metatarsal head osteonecrosis, neoplasm, and lumbar radiculopathy. Treatment of interdigital or Morton's neuroma can be non-operative or operative. Non-operative management can include a wide shoe box with a firm sole and a metatarsal pad, 
and or a corticosteroid injection. A wide shoe box with a firm sole and metatarsal pad is indicated as the first line of treatment. As far as outcomes, the results are unpredictable. However, approximately 20% of patients will have complete resolution of symptoms. Adding an anti-inflammatory medication rarely provides any benefit. Corticosteroid injections can be indicated for symptomatic benefit. It is usually approached dorsal after isolating the neuroma with palpation or ultrasound. As far as outcomes, evidence for its effectiveness is weak. However, it's suggested to provide symptomatic benefit in short-term randomized control studies. Operative options include a neurectomy, which is indicated after failure of non-operative management. As far as its surgical techniques, a dorsal or a plantar approach may be used. However, the dorsal approach is most common. Other techniques include a neurectomy with nerve burial and make sure to bury the proximal stump within the intrinsic muscles. Finally, you can also consider a transverse intermetatarsal ligament release. Now let's talk about the surgical technique for a dorsal neurectomy in a bit more detail. As far as the approach, a 3 to 4 centimeter incision is made just proximal to the involved web space. Blunt dissection should be carried out to avoid injury to the branches of the superficial perineal nerve. As far as the technique, you will spread the metatarsal bones to visualize the web space as well as tension the transverse intermetatarsal ligament. After protecting the neurovascular bundle, you will transect the transverse intermetatarsal ligament. You will then identify the interdigital nerve proximal and distal to the nerve bifurcation. You will then resect the nerve at least 3 centimeters proximal to the intermetatarsal ligament. Finally, you will reapproximate and repair the transverse intermetatarsal ligament to avoid intermetatarsal head instability. Some complications to mention include stump neuroma and a painful plantar scar. Causes of a stump neuroma include inadequate retraction, otherwise known as attraction neuritis, or inadequate resection, specifically it is not proximal enough. Inadequate retraction or attraction neuritis is caused by tethering of the plantar neural branches that prevent retraction following resection. Inadequate resection that is not proximal enough is the most common cause of a stump neuroma. Remember that the nerve should be resected at least 3 centimeters proximal to the intermetatarsal ligament. Keep in mind that you can resect a stump neuroma through a plantar or dorsal incision. As far as a painful plantar scar, there is an increased risk with plantar incision. Specifically, there is a 5% increased risk. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. The first question reads, A 42-year-old female presents for evaluation of forefoot pain that has been ongoing over the past few months. She enjoys recreational cycling and notes pain between her third and fourth toes after about 20 minutes of riding. She reports that pain increases with shoe wear and decreases when she walks barefoot. She has no tenderness on the plantar aspect of her foot. What is the most appropriate next step in management? And the choices are 1. MRI for stress fracture evaluation, 2. Physical therapy, 3. Serial diagnostic and therapeutic steroid injections, 4. Custom orthotics, and five, use of shoes with a wide toe box. The correct answer to this question is five, use of shoes with a wide toe box. So the patient's history is consistent with an interdigital or Morton's neuroma, which is classically worsened with compressive shoe wear. Non-surgical management should begin with shoe wear modification. To quickly review, Morton's neuroma is an entrapment neuropathy of the interdigital nerve in the forefoot. 
it is most commonly seen in women in the six decades of life. Patients typically have pain in the plantar forefoot that is exacerbated by walking. The most consistent examination finding is tenderness of the involved web space with an occasional palpable molder click. MRI, ultrasonography, and diagnostic lidocaine injections are occasionally helpful in confirming the diagnosis. Non-surgical management should consist of using flat shoes with a wide toe box shoe and metatarsal pad. Alcohol sclerosing injections of the web space have been advocated by some. However, because of the lack of long-term clinical results and risk to surrounding tissues, they are not recommended. Moving on to the next question. A 53-year-old female presents to the clinic with complaints of pain, numbness, and tingling in her second and third toes. She states that the pain is worse with wearing heels and is relieved with rest and the wearing of her tennis shoes. On physical examination, she has a positive molder click. Which of the following is the most common complication of the most effective treatment for her condition? And the choices are 1. Painful plantar scar 2. Intermetatarsal instability 3. Neuroma secondary to inadequate resection 4. Inappropriate resection of the neurovascular bundle or lumbricle and 5. Neuroma secondary to inadequate retraction. The correct answer to this question is 3. Neuroma secondary to inadequate resection. So the patient in the question stem presents with symptoms consistent with an interdigital neuroma. The most effective treatment is excision of the interdigital nerve, and the most common complication is a neuroma secondary to inadequate nerve resection. To quickly review, interdigital neuroma, or Morton's neuroma, is the most common between the second and third metatarsal heads. Patients typically present with pain, plantar paresthesias, and may have a palpable neuroma or a molder click. Treatment usually begins with a wide toe box shoe and metatarsal pads. Corticosteroid injections have shown limited efficacy. The most efficacious and long-lasting treatment is interdigital nerve excision. The most common complication is a neuroma secondary to inadequate nerve resection. Other complications include inadequate nerve retraction as it remains tethered, leading to continued symptoms, painful plantar scar, intermetatarsal instability if the intermetatarsal ligament is not repaired, and inappropriate resection of the neurovascular bundle or lumbricle. Moving on to the next question. A 40-year-old female secretary presents with left forefoot pain that radiates to her third and fourth toes. The pain is exacerbated when she wears high heels. Physical exam is significant for pain and a palpable click with compression of the forefoot. Ultrasound reveals a well-circumscribed hypoechoic mass parallel to the metatarsals within the distal aspect of the third web space. The patient has failed an appropriate course of conservative management and remains symptomatic. She elects for surgical excision. Compared to a dorsal approach, a plantar approach is associated with, and the choices are 1. Improved clinical outcomes and patient satisfaction, 2. Increased risk of complications, 3. Increased risk of sensory loss, 4. Increased likelihood of complete neuroma excision, and 5. Increased limitation in daily activities. The correct answer to this question is 4. Increased likelihood of complete neuroma excision. So both plantar and dorsal approaches are acceptable for excision of a primary Morton's interdigital neuroma. The plantar approach has been found to have a greater likelihood of complete neuroma excision and for this reason is also the preferred approach in the revision setting. 
To quickly review, Morton's interdigital neuroma is a compressive neuropathy of the interdigital nerve of the foot, most often involving the second or third web space. Diagnosis is clinical, and more advanced imaging is generally not required. Conservative management involves shoe wear modifications with a wider toe box and metatarsal pads. However, roughly half of patients initially managed with non-operative modalities eventually require surgical management, which involves neurectomy, often in association with release of the intermetatarsal ligament and possible metatarsal shortening osteotomy. The neurectomy can be performed through either a dorsal or plantar approach, with both offering comparable outcomes and similar rates of complications. The dorsal approach, however, is more common in the primary setting, but has a greater association with incomplete neuroma excision and more often requires revision surgery that is 8-10% to versus less than 5%. Moving on to the next question. A 40-year-old female presents with chronic left plantar forefoot pain exacerbated by narrow-toed shoes. She has a history of polyarthropathy. Physical exam demonstrates no palpable lesion, but pain is reproduced with forefoot squeeze. She is RF negative, but ANA positive. Surgical excision of the painful lesion is performed, and frozen section pathology demonstrates perineural fibrosis without fibrinoid necrosis. These findings are consistent with which of the following diagnoses? And the choices are 1. Morton's neuroma, 2. Neurofibroma, 3. Benign peripheral nerve sheath tumor, 4. Plantar fibromatosis, and 5. Rheumatoid nodule. The correct answer to this question is 1. Morton's neuroma. So if you have good situational awareness and know that we're going over questions about interdigital or Morton's neuroma, you should have gotten this question correct. But to quickly review, the clinical and histologic findings are consistent with the Morton's neuroma. A physical exam will demonstrate pain with squeezing of the metatarsals, sometimes with a painful click, otherwise known as Mulder's click, and pathology will characteristically show perineural fibrosis with entrapment of the interdigital nerve. To quickly review once again, Morton's interdigital neuroma is an entrapment neuropathy that affects the common digital nerves of the lesser toes. While the pathogenesis is incompletely understood, cumulative microtrauma is thought to result from a combination of repetitive compression of the interdigital nerve between neighboring metatarsals as well as the intermetatarsal ligament in toe-off and traction from tethering between the more fixed medial and more mobile lateral metatarsals. As a result, symptoms are exacerbated by high heels and a narrow toe box. Treatment initially involves metatarsal pads and a wider shoe box, though most patients go on to require surgical management consisting most commonly of transverse intermetatarsal ligament release and neurectomy. And moving on to the final question, what is the most common cause of persistent pain after excision of a Morton's neuroma? And the choices are 1. Tarsal tunnel syndrome, 2. Painful plantar scar formation, 3. Metatarsophalangeal joint synovitis, 4. Presence of an amputation stump neuroma, and 5. Inadequate resection of an interdigital neuroma. The correct answer to this question is 5. Inadequate resection of an interdigital neuroma. So this is similar to a question that we previously did, but to quickly review, the most frequent cause of recurrent pain after neuroma excision is tethering of the common digital nerve to the plantar skin by plantar-directed branches of the nerve, possibly preventing retraction of the nerve due to inadequate resection of the neuroma. These plantar branches were not found to be present 
4 centimeters proximal to the transverse metatarsal ligament. Therefore, an effort should be made to cut the nerve at this level. That's all for this review about interdigital or Morton's neuroma. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session by OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on orthobullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the OrthoBullets website while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from the podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks so much, and we'll see you all tomorrow. <laughs>